Hello and welcome to the 43026 podcast, Thursday edition. I'm here with Heather Keck. How are you doing today, Heather? Hey, I'm good. And I just want to remind everybody that one week from today is the first party celebration at the celebration station. Celebration at the station. So Let's every, go. Everybody come down and enjoy live music and cold refreshments. We should maybe take the, the microphones out and like interview people there. We might do that sometime. That'd be fun. Um, today's guest is a guy that does a lot of really good things in Hilliard, and it's Derek Richardson from the Hilliard Optimist Club, and we will hear all about the good things the optimists are doing. So we'll be right back. Welcome to the 43026 podcast. Uh, we are here today. Well, first off, I'm Heather and... I'm Andy. Hi, Andy. And we are here with Derek Richardson. We're excited about this one. He is the president of the Hilliard Optimist, and he's a Hilliard guy himself. So uh, looking forward to everything he has to share with us. How are you doing? I am good. How are you guys? I'm well. I'm doing great, Derek. Awesome. Yeah. Why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about well, about yourself and, and your Hilliard background? Sure. So uh, my wife and I moved to Hilliard in 2000 and seven so we've been here for a while yeah um we came from dublin and dublin was a little too snooty for us oh you like it better here do you? i love yeah, it here I... it's a little more family oriented and um i'm originally from westerville my wife is originally from new york but moved to marion ohio when she was in the uh, fifth grade so um you know what part of new york the Bronx, Ooh. the Bronx. She is Puerto Rican and from the Bronx, so don't make her mad. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't dream of it. <laughs> um, but no, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you know, people say that and uh, they're like, what does that mean? And it means sure, that right. I have several businesses. I would say the granddaddy of them all is Richardson Marketing Group. Uh, proud to say that we're a three-time best places to work in Columbus, Ohio, right over the river on Henderson and Durker, basically. Yeah. Takes me about 12 minutes to get there. That is uh, not bad. That's not bad. Um, also, Freedom Direct Life Insurance Services is a life insurance agency. Uh, operates out of the same building on Henderson Road. Black Beans Brew is my coffee venture that I just started during the pandemic in 2020. Wow. We are proud to say that we have hired Ted Williams, the golden voice, as our Nuh-uh. influencer. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he sounds great. He does sound great. And do he you doesn't, remember that? Yeah, that I do. Cleveland, he's a Cleveland yeah. guy, right? He is a Columbus guy. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he is... He worked for the Cavs after he got oh, famous. Oh, that must have been Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. And Kraft also, but he does a great black beans brew. You that know, is this, awesome. Yeah. So we're proud of that. Um, and then also a sunglasses and accessory business, which is Blackwoods by Derek Richardson. And then also 6205, which is a small business cons- consulting firm. Jeez. And I'm a published author. Uh, go play the ultimate roadmap to winning the game of life. I'm ready to take a nap. Just listen. I know. That's why I say like people are like, you're an entrepreneur. What does that mean? Well, you want to hear the story? <laughs> I do a lot. <laughs> That's great. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, we're talking about the Hilliard Optimist Club here and I've uh, been associated with the program and on the board um, now for seven years, uh, run the basketball program for seven years. And technically, I'm the incoming president and also past president. So we flip flop every two years. Okay. Um, nobody else wants to sign up uh, to, to, to be the president of our organization. And how I got started with the Optimist Club was I'm a former teacher. And I feel bad still to this day that I left teaching because I wasn't making any money. 
and became a businessman. And I felt like I left the kids behind to take care of my family. And it just felt ethically wrong. I know you have to take care of your family you and you do. have to make money. You do have to do that. But my heart from the time I was a kid, I wanted to be a teacher. What, I, mean, I what wanted did to, you teach? I taught special education. Oh, yeah. uh, it probably was hard to leave that. It was very hard to leave that. Still in contact with a lot of the students that I taught. I stopped teaching in, uh, in 2008. And, um, you know, we have four kids. And I was like, I can't continue to eat Raymond noodles and hot dogs, you know, with, with yeah. our kids. And, and I always wanted to start businesses. And I said, you know what, I'm going to start a business. And then I felt bad, like, man, these kids, but, you know, they love me. I love them, you know. And I said, how can I get involved and still make an impact with kids? Um, but in my spare time, uh, doing volunteer work. So the Hilliard Optimist Club was the perfect opportunity for me. That's great. So Optimist uh, runs our youth sports programs in football and basketball? So football, basketball, lacrosse, volleyball, cheerleading. A lot of people don't know we have essay and oratorical programs as well. And we give $30,000 in scholarships to uh, kids right here in Hilliard every year. We are a nonprofit. Uh, on top of scholarships for uh, essay winners and oratorical winners if they come out of our district. So there's several districts of, of Optimist International. But if they come out of our district, we also provide scholarships for essay and oratorical winners um, and deaf of heart and deaf and hard of hearing uh, essay winners also. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Can you yeah. give us an idea of what a topic would be for an essay? Or? Finding optimism during a pandemic. Oh, well, that's a, that's a good one. <laughs> it is a good one. Uh, finding optimism in a, uh, we always try to find optimism in some cer certain circumstance. Finding optimism in a, uh, in a crazy world, you know. So it's always something to where how can we uh, find positivity in certain situ situations. That's uh, that's a, one of the base reasons why Heather and I started this podcast is we were kind of frustrated with all the negative news out there, and yeah. and we get to meet people like you and everybody that's been on our podcast has had an uplifting story and yeah. it's uh, it's I tell people I'm doing it for my mental health, but yeah. hopefully uh, there's other people listening that get to hear these great stories and yeah. and find optimism. I like that. That's so, right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So tell us about the number of kids that the optimists serve every year. So roughly 3,500 every year. Yeah, that's that varies. A lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, with Hilliard, uh, Rec and Parks does not handle youth sports. So you've got clubs like us, and then HBA, HOSA. Um, but yeah, the kids in, in Hilliard, I mean, if you're in Hilliard, you, you probably play football or flag football or basketball or lacrosse with us. Yeah, for sure. So 3,500 a year or so, yeah. Um, and, and the geographical boundaries, are is the school district boundaries? We are Hilliard area, so we yeah. like to be in the school district. Okay. Uh, we will, you know, we like the revenue too, so, <laughs> you know, we, we don't want to turn kids away, okay. but uh, we will certainly take Hilliard area uh loosely if somebody wants to come and play Great. some sports with us yeah right and another thing that i saw that you do on your website um maybe you can just talk about it a little bit is the avenue of flags as a fundraiser yeah, it's a new That's program a really, i'm glad you saw that really that cool. is awesome so <laughs> avenue of flags we will come uh put a little post in your yard you won't notice it and it's you know in the ground right and then for five holidays we'll come and put a flag um in your, in your yard, an American flag. So Memorial Day, Labor Day, Veterans Day, July 4th, flag, flag day. Flag day <laughs> I was going to say, well, yeah, I wonder yeah, if it's flag day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's awesome. It started with the uh, Centerburg Optimist Club, 
and it's been a great fundraiser for them. We were looking for fundraisers in 2020. We did not make a dime of revenue, yeah, um, which hurts. And so we were looking for fundraisers. Cinderberg uh, Optimus Club says, hey, here's what we're doing. We've been doing it. We started with uh, with 11 or 12 people, and now we have over 500 flags that we do on those five holidays. Wow. They partner with the Boy Scouts, and um, the Boy Scouts go and do the manual labor uh, for free, which is good. It help, helps with the fundraising when you have free labor. So, yeah, we're looking yeah, to, awesome. to build our program. We just started it this year. So, yeah. And it's how much a year to do that? That's a great question, It was $60. Heather. It's sorry. $60. <laughs> I was trying to tee up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so what do you do with your revenue? It all goes back to scholarships and then operating expenses for the, for the club. So right. none of us are paid. There's no, there's no paid, uh, volunteers with Optimus. We do pay refs because we want sure. a true experience. We don't want kid volunteers as our referees. So, uh, refs, we, we did a, a, a field renovation at the Sauter Derby, historic Sauter Derby football field. <laughs> uh, we use that field exclusively. We have a contract with the city school district. And we did a renovation in 2020. So talking about fundraising, we had this huge expense that was already uh, earmarked. And then 2020 happens and we shut down all of our programs. We're like, uh, are we still going to spend this, you know, X amount of dollars to renovate this field? And uh, It was all field renovation or did you put up a big fence? Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was all field renovation. The <laughs> fence was not part of the field renovation. There's a different story about that fence, though. I kind of want to hear it. Do you know about the fence? kind of little remember bit. a little yep, bit little back bit. from yeah i don't know that much uh, pretend like we don't know anything there was a neighbor who doesn't like the sound of kids playing football <laughs> on the field um let's just leave it at that yeah no it, and it's tough there are houses right there but at the same time it's an opportunity for kids to okay you mentioned paying refs and as a yeah. as a as a, ref, as a ref i've been a ref for a ref, over yeah. 30 years uh uh, are you having a hard time finding them these days? We're not. We utilize an assigner service. Okay. Uh, so the assigner probably is having issues finding rest, but we have not been shorted not one week that's, uh, that's during this time. How much do you pay? For basketball, it is 30 a game. Um, for two refs. For two refs. A game. 30 each. 30 yeah. each. Yeah. And football, I believe, is going to go up this year, but was at 30 also um, not bad. per ref. No, it's not bad used to be uh, when I got involved, 15. <laughs> and, and, and they'll typically work like four games on a Saturday or something like that? Uh, depends. So so, so, talking about the shortage, this year in basketball we had refs at uh, – we have nine-hour blocks at the four locations that we're at. We had refs certainly working the full nine-hour block uh, to where in previous years they'd work four or five hours. But, yes, we certainly this year had refs that were working all day. So that's like six games? Nine games. Nine, nine games times blocks. 30. Yeah. 270 bucks. That ain't bucks. a bad day. And, and, no. and it's interesting. You're not having problems finding refs, but um, JV and freshman high school games played on Saturdays are having a hard time finding refs. Well, the difference is, is how many games are you playing? Exactly. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Those are what they say. They say, we love the youth sports. We love sitting here for nine hours. And they'll pack their little lunch and, you know, yeah, and get party. ready to go. You know, they get a five-minute break every hour. So, yeah. So I'm a coach, um, and so I always like understanding what youth groups do from a coaching perspective. Uh, all volunteers for coaches? All volunteers for coaches, yes. And are you required – what are they required to do in order to coach? For so we optimum? utilize a service uh, called NAES, National Association of Youth Sports. Okay. Don't quote me. Maybe no, Google it. No, I think it. that is what it is. I think that's what it is. <laughs> and NAES does our um, – uh, CPR, cardiac arrest training, 
um, all of our training and certifies the, co the coaches and also provides an insurance policy for the coaches also. Okay. Speaking of uh, expenses, the Optimist Club pays for the NAIS certification for the coaches okay. also. Uh, would be very already very hard to find volunteer coaches, which is weird because when we were kids, man, everybody's dad was a coach. Um, but these days it's hard to find volunteer coaches. It's because parents yell at them. It is because parents yell at them and they yell at refs too. Yeah. And, and I got a good story about that. You said come up with a funny story. I got oh, one. Yeah. Okay. Um, but uh, then to ask for a volunteer coach and you're begging people sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, our basketball program had 700 kids, 70 teams this year. So wow. you got to find 70 coaches. But then also some people will say, I, I just want to be an assistant. Like I'll be on the sideline, but I can't run the deal. Right. So it's really more like 140 coaches. So now you're begging them to coach because you're, you know, a couple teams shy and also saying, hey, can you pay $25 for your background check? Nays provides a background check for your background check and for your certification. It just doesn't work that way. They're like, oh, yeah, uh, I'll get that to you. So uh, the club handles the uh, certification and background check of the coaches also. No, I good. coached one year uh, my son's football team when he was in fifth grade, I think. Okay. And I was assistant coach, but we found we weren't very good at it. Yeah, yeah. So as a guy that had been around football all his life, <laughs> Had officiated thirty years. I was a really, really bad coach. And we, how many games do the football teams play? Uh, so it, it varies because we've been in and out of certain tournaments, and uh, different tournaments have been you know, canceled or shorted because of COVID. Uh, but roughly eight. Yeah, and I think we played even more back then. You may have played uh, more. It was a long, yeah, long season. Ten, ten game season at one point. Yeah. For a team that didn't win a game, and uh, oh yeah, it was bad. And we actually had four kids on that team get college scholarships, three of them in football. So it wasn't so the players. maybe you weren't so bad. It, it, well, no, it wasn't the players. <laughs> it was the coaching. Well, you know, it, what's funny is when you're talking about youth sports, and this is something that, going back to parents yelling at coaches and refs, it's the experience. It's the journey. It's the camaraderie. It's the fun. It's the passion. It's the learning the game, right? It's 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 – not about wins and losses. And people make fun of this generation. They say, oh, everybody gets a trophy, right? It's not our stance because we don't have trophies, number one. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody is a winner if they're having fun and learning the game. And if they come back the next year. And if they come right? back the yeah. next year. And if they, I mean, these kids are going to school on Mondays talking about their games on the weekend, whether they win or lose, win or lose, right? So, you know, you don't have to, and these coaches think that, you know, Oh, I was undefeated last year. I'm the coach of the season. Like, you know, this isn't the pros, right? Nobody's That's nobody's great. out here it's scouting you as a as a youth football coach or basketball coach, right? Um, but you get a lot of that. These coaches take it so seriously, and um, it's 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 a it's a business um, of managing emotions on the parents, the kids, sure. the refs, the coaches, for sure. I think the biggest disservice we do to kids in forcing that winning mentality it's not that that's bad right i do want a kid to know what it feels like to win and be yeah. a winner and i want them to know how horrible it feels to lose but we don't let them at these younger ages make enough mistakes nope and when they feel like they can't fail that then they want to quit yep and they have to fail yeah. <laughs> right they have to so they can learn how to be better and it's that is the piece that I always feel that I was picking my kids back up from is to say, hey, I, I don't care what just happened. Are, are you going to do it again? Right. Like, did you learn something today? Are we right. going to work on this specific thing? I, don't listen to what they're saying. You know, just right. pick yourself up and let's keep moving forward. And there's that grit piece that kids are losing because they feel like they 
they have to be perfect, and it makes me so sad when one hundred percent. And um, it's not losses; it's lessons. Yeah, agreed. And you have to fall to get up to know how to get up, and you have to fall to know what it feels like to fall, or else when you fall, you don't know how to fall, right? right? I mean, you know, yeah. this is this is just the truth in life, and we're seeing it. Uh, not necessarily associated with the Optimist Club, but from a business professional who has employees, our younger employees versus our older employees. I mean, we ha- we hire we have eighteen to to sixty seven age range uh, across my businesses. These young kids, when there's a mistake made, man, I mean, it's the end of the world. They haven't made them before. Their parents didn't let them make them. I'm, I'm going off on a rant. Uh, their That's coaches right. didn't let them make them. Their their teachers didn't let them make mistakes. Right. Uh, and you have to you have to show people what it's like to fail. So you learn how to fail because you're going to fail. And if you don't know how to lose, then they're sore losers. Right. They're sore winners, sore losers. So I'll stop my rant now. No. Okay. <laughs> Let's follow the rant. You said you had a funny story about a parent. I do. So uh, about a referee. About a referee. So we'll take parent stories. Too. <laughs> yeah. So actually, it is a parent coach referee story. Uh, and uh, this is I'm trying to. Um, you know, not say names here because <laughs> it's, uh, you know, a podcast, right? And people I can hear this. <laughs> so here's the deal. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. We have a, uh, uh, a rule book on the basketball scores table. Four rules. Okay. If there's ever a discrepancy in rules, then you are to go to the book. That's not only online, but at the scores table. I mean, that's what it's, it's there right for. There. It's right there in front of you. So we had a parent who was essentially, I mean, verbally abusing a referee. Now, we will throw parents out. And we, and we certainly have done that. We have had basketball games to where we've cleared the gym, and the only people in the gym were two coaches, not even the assistants, the refs and the players. Uh, we did that two years, uh, 19, uh, wow. right before COVID. Um, so we're not, yeah, it is sad, but we're not playing around because it's the experience of the kids. Right. right. Um, so the, the ref certainly has the power to remove a parent from a gym if, if it needs to be done. The ref is laughing, joking, trying to make light of the situation because he knows the rules and the parent doesn't. Yeah. Right. So that was the first thing I learned as a ref, I had, yeah, a, coach, it, I had a coach yelling at me and an older ref that was my mentor said, you know the rules, he doesn't. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, without making it obvious of who I'm talking about, there's there's two, there's four divisions in basketball, but there's separate rules for divisions. This parent happened to have two kids in two different divisions. Uh, so the rule in what? one division is different than the rule in the other, okay? So the ref is doing a heck of a job. I mean, you guys have to, Andy, know how to work a crowd. Absolutely. Uh, in positive and negative ways, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And he is just working this crowd. He's laughing, joking. I get a text message, Derek, we need you here because this parent is going off and there may be a physical altercation. Ouch. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. this is, I'm not at the location, right? Um, so I'm, <laughs> I fly to the location. I'm like, you know, what's going on? And I ask the ref. So I break up the altercation. I ask the ref, I said, why didn't you just show the parent the rule book? That is right there on the table or go online on your phone and show the parent the rule. Like, why are we entertaining this back and forth? And I'm being serious because, you know, this is a big deal to drag me from another location. Right. And parents think maybe there's going to be a physical altercation. And he said, because I know the rules and he doesn't. Yeah. 
And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why didn't you just show them the rule book? <laughs> so now I'm showing the parent the rule book, and, the, and everything's diffused. It's it's a three minute. It's a I mean the rule book is there on purpose. I I hope that was really embarrassing for that parent. <laughs> Not to say that I haven't been wrong before, because I surely have. Even when I think that I know all the rules, I now, don't always. I wasn't but. laughing in the moment at the situation. I was actually pretty heated. Yeah. Uh, but afterwards, I'm like, why did he just show him the rule book? Everybody in the gym knows where the rule book is. Just go on to the website. It's there, or there's a physical book on the. Just go grab the rules. He's like, I know the rules. Why do I need to prove to them that I know the rules? I'm like, oh my gosh, dude. Because <laughs> this would have been a lot faster. Because this would have been a lot faster, why. less drama. Right now we're behind in the gym, so we're trying to speed up games, you know. Uh, do you guys do a pair uh, code of conduct or anything? We or, do, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's sad, but you have to. We have removed days, parents so. from, uh, we've suspended parents, which means, unfortunately, the kids for, for a season, and we have suspended uh, people from the program. Yeah, yeah. it's sad. Uh, yeah. Because they'll do one thing in football and come back and do it in basketball, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. The 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 biggest problem with officiating right now is we have a huge shortage. Yeah. And the shortage is we're not getting enough young kids to come in to take us old guys' place. Right. And it's and it's the young kids that are working your games mostly. Right. And uh, and if they get discouraged because parents treat them like crap for ten hours or nine hours, like you said all day, right. it's uh. It's uh, then we lose them. We right. can't retain them. Right, it's right. It's getting bad. So yeah, yeah. I had um, I have a son, and he's 18 now. So this was some time ago when he played Optimus basketball. Yes, yeah. a very long time ago. But I have two funny stories. Well, okay, one's not funny at all. It was that I got him to his game at the end of the game instead of the beginning. I just had written down the Uh-oh. time wrong, and he has <laughs> never stopped talking about that. That I, he missed a basketball game when he was, I mean, seven probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been 11 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. And I'll be like, dude, I get you everywhere. I get you on time. And he's like, don't you remember that? Except for that basketball, basketball game. game. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. But in one of the games, my funny story, I just chuckle sometimes when I think about this. It was a father and son basketball duo doing the refereeing. Okay. I now understand being the parent of a teenager how horrible that must have been for that dad. Oh, yeah. Because he would try to give his son a couple of, like, tips or whatever, and he was snapping back at him, and they were like, back and forth at each other. The refs. I remember, like, sitting there laughing so hard going, oh, my gosh, I'm so grateful my kids are so nice and sweet and young. And then, well, whatever. They turned into 12 and 13-year-olds, and that all ended. So that was my funny story. We We have a (laughs) father-daughter duo and in fact two of his daughters are refs but he only refs with one of his daughters oh, because the other one there's no way <laughs> uh yeah correct and because they were doing the same thing I yeah. said, you guys can't ref together yeah I mean, I she would that. call call he's like that's not a, like it, you know <laughs> this is not a back and forth between father the other one's fine i think she's the younger one so i think she oh just sure she kind just of does whatever dad falls says. in line <laughs> right but the other the older one uh uh-uh, no that is not a travel and he's like it is a travel like guys relax yeah. you guys i don't want this duo again you know so yeah yeah um you talked a couple times we brought up funding. So, so let's talk about how the finances work for Optimus Club. Because even though you're all volunteers, and thank God for volunteers, um, you have expenses. Refs aren't paying refs for all those games. Right. It's not cheap. Right. The equipment's not cheap. Right. So where right. the where's the money come from? The money comes from our registration. Uh, we do not inflate our registration. We Last year verifiably we're the cheapest basketball program in the area in the central ohio area 
uh, at 160 for uh, for a student with a discount if you have multiple kids. Football's roughly the same. I don't have the numbers on me. Um, Volleyball is roughly the same. Cheerleading is roughly, roughly the same. So right around 150 or a little more. Uh, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. It's pretty sure. reasonable. Yeah. The, the good news is that the good and bad news is, and this is something that we have to talk about, um, is that we have a partnership with the schools. And so the schools donate essentially their space to us. So there's not a, a, a space cost, right? Um, there's not a field cost other yeah. than upkeep and cutting the grass and etc. Um, we do pay for any time that there are custodians on staff outside of their normal hours. We sure. do pay for their overtime. So we're paying on Saturdays at the gyms. Uh, we're paying for the overtime of the, of the custodians. Um, but we're bursting at the seams. I mean, with, we, we just, you know, we need more space and the schools are gracious enough to have that contract that's been in place for 30 years or whatever it is. But, um, you know, we're bursting at the seams. So some of our costs will probably start to go to space needs, which puts us in a different financial space, pun intended. Yeah. Um, so we are talking with uh, Andy Warnock. Um, obviously, he has a basketball facility that just opened up. We're in talks with him. Obviously, we are uh, ecstatic that uh, issue 22 passed and uh, that we're going to have the opportunity at least to talk business with the city and in, in, in use of some of their space. And we have begun to, to use uh, Ed Merritt's group a little more, the, the, the Rec and Park uh, Municipal Park and house some football practices. Didn't always uh, work with Park and Rec because we, were, we had exclusive you know, access to the schools, but as we grow, we need more space. So uh, you know, we're, we'll be looking at you know, what budget do we have for space since it's been so little over the years, which is one of the reasons why we're able to keep registration costs down. Um, but to fully answer and directly answer your question, uh, equipment, again, scholarships, so 30000 minimum a year in scholarships, 10000 5000 to a girl and boy at each high school uh, for college. Um, so 30000 is earmarked for, for scholarships. And then, again, if we have a winner come out of either the essay or oratorical contest from our district, it would be another $2,500. We also do donate to the uh, Optimist International um, um, uh, Fund, which helps to then fund scholarships for the essay and oratorical programs nationally also. Um, so that's mostly it. I mean, it's just operating expenses, right? So yeah. refs, uh, field maintenance for, for the side of Derby. Um, Uniforms are huge. Refs are huge, right? Those are two big bills, um, and and yeah, we're always looking for ways to fundraise and do partnerships and well, spirit nights. What are your needs? That's a that's a good question. Like, what do you have? A way to accept donations? Do you have sponsorship? We do. So HilliardOptimist.org. There certainly is a way to uh, to donate there. We have not been good at sponsorships. I will admit, um, from a guy who has a marketing company, right? Uh, we just haven't been good at it um, simply because um, we don't have a, um, a fundraising committee, right? So our board is made up of the heads of our sports, okay. right? So if you are a director of a sport, then you are on the board automatically. So what you find is that you find, you know, you have lacrosse experts, basketball experts, volleyball experts, right? We, we have a couple lawyers on our board also, uh, but we don't have fundraising experts. I would consider myself one, uh, 
but at the beginning of this podcast, you know, I listed a whole slew of things that I do, and sure. it's just it's tough. So I actually put that stuff on me because when I first got involved, I'm like, yeah, let's, I know how to fundraise. Let's do it. And it just takes time. It takes manpower. It's not a small lift. Fundraising is yeah, yeah. a lot of work, and it, yeah. and it takes somebody that, that is good at it, has yeah. experience at it. Yeah. It's not a small lift. It's not, no. Yeah, and it, t- it just takes time and manpower. So even though I am not, you know, again, any sort of fundraising chair or anything like that, um, you know, I, I do put it on my shoulders that we can do better and I can do better uh, also in fundraising. So if you're listening to this podcast That's it. and yeah. you would like to uh, find out how you can help the Hilliard Optimist Club, please let us know at uh, hilliardoptimist.org and I'll be happy to get in contact with you. That's great. You mentioned field space and uh, it, it is something that the schools in the city have up till a few years ago, have not worked well together. Yeah. Um, but it's something that there's huge opportunities to do a better job of working together on yeah. that. Um, but that that solution is going to have to come globally from from all of us working together. A hundred percent. And it's not easy. Fields are cheap. Uh, maintenance isn't cheap, and we have a ton of Grass kids that gets need space. Torn up. Yep. It, yeah. Yeah. Not the best weather in Central Ohio all the time. Yeah. So you yeah. Can't, yeah. You yeah. can't play. 10 games a day on a field right. and expect no, to last all No, no, not so. at all. And, and another plug, if you're, if you're looking for a, a, a place to volunteer, we need volunteers. Uh, again, the coaches do a great job, and again, every year we're begging for coaches in every sport, right, because we got a team, but we don't have a coach. Uh, I ended up coaching the team last year. My daughter, who was a uh, 2019 graduate from Hilliard Davidson uh, and played basketball for Joy Taylor there, uh, has coached the team for two years. Uh, first year, she was like, Dad, I don't know if I can coach kids. Like, I'm a kid. <laughs> You're like, get out there. Like, get out there. You like, go. you play basketball. <laughs> you've played basketball since you were six, sweetie. Like, you you know the game. Uh, she did win uh, her division uh, this year, so that was that was pretty cool. So yeah. to watch, but you know, I'm always you know tugging for for volunteers for coaches, but but in all actuality, we're looking for volunteers always to help out with the club. We would love to have committees on the club, fundraising being one of them. Uh, field committees. I mean, there's all types of committees that we could use. If we had volunteers, so if you're looking to volunteer in the community, volunteer with kids, even if you don't want to interact with kids, you can still be a part of an uh, organization that does uh, a lot for kids in the area. Please also reach out to us at hilliardoptimist.org. That's a great idea. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. We covered a lot of cool things, learned some new stuff about the Optimist Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously grateful for you as a neighbor. Been here a long time, putting your kids through our awesome school district. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, youth sports is is, is a, a fabulous thing for the community. And it is, as you say, optimists are are picking up the heavy lift on everything but baseball and soccer. That's right. right. And that's guys right. Are doing the rest, and yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. And thanks for all you do, and thanks for all your club does. Thanks for all the volunteer coaches that are dedicating their time. And yeah, appreciate you being here today, Derek. Appreciate it. Thank you for having Thank me. You. I really had a good time.